Hey, Blunders, on this week's show, it's Black Panther Week. We are going to be talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever with both a spoiler-free and a spoiler-filled segment. So enjoy the show. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by AMC Theaters On Demand. Whether you're on the couch or on the go, AMC Theaters On Demand brings the movies to you. From crowd pleasers to cult classics, there are thousands of movies to watch and save in your library. Be sure to check out AMC Theaters On Demand each week for limited offers and daily deals that will help save you money as you build out your very own movie library. And if you're an AMC Stubbs member, you will earn rewards with AMC Theaters On Demand rentals and purchases. Later in today's show, we will be discussing some of our favorite hero team-ups in the MCU, all of which are available with this awesome service. Thank you to AMC Theaters for supporting the show, and be sure to check the description for links and more information on AMC Theaters On Demand. Hello, Blenders, and welcome, welcome to episode number 236 of Real Blend, a podcast that is powered by raw, unfiltered vibranium, baby. My name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor here at Cinema Blend and also the co-host of the Real Blend podcast. And on this week's show, it is Black Panther Week. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is hitting theaters, or actually, by the time you're listening to this, it hit theaters last night. Uh, so stick around. We're going to have a spoiler-free review and a spoiler-filled segment where we're going to go in-depth about it. Gabe, does that mean we're doing the tier list today? We're going to do the tier list today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's hot. That's a good tease, Fun stuff. folks. Yeah, and by we, I mean Jake Hamilton, Fox 32 in Chicago. Hey, Jakey, how are you? Uh, I'm not doing well, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. What's the matter, Jakey? I uh, just had to carry up 13 flights, um, like 100 pounds of genius in my arms. Oh. What? I'm sorry, what's that? Oh, hey, nice. For those of us who, uh, who are that. not on YouTube, I'm holding yeah. uh, the next great American novel, as it were. You know, there's Catcher in the Rye, there's The Great Gatsby, <laughs> and then yeah. there's With Great Power. American uh, Prometheus. My copy yeah, finally yeah. arrived, yeah. and I. It, it sounds like this is such a ridiculous description, but I, I yeah. get why you're asking the question. It feels like a feels real good. book. Like the yeah. hard, it's a nice hard cover. You got the beautiful yeah. spine. You got the font. Yeah. Like it looks, it looks beautiful. And, and, and is my favorite part, the, uh, the shout out with my name in it. Yeah. You're going to read. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh yeah. I also love yeah. that. So on my book, it doesn't say it's by Sean O'Connell. It says by the kid. And it, the like, key. Oh, I, I was just wondering where that was that a limited edition printing that, that I got. One, I printed one. Oh, okay. Thank you for Kevin I McCarthy of Fox Five in that. Washington D.C. Yes. <laughs> Did you? If you get a book with his autograph, he actually just signs the key. The key. Oh, the key. key. All right. But, I'm gonna but, have to start. As doing you can that clearly now. see, mine. It's not autographed. So no, it's not. That came from uh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> True. <laughs> did you order through Yikes. Amazon? Actually, did you? I did. Yeah. Actually, right. I will say I went to the. I was at the airport. Um, Kevin and I just got back from L.A. I was at the airport and did just pop into the bookstore in the off chain because I thought how great would it be if I could find it at the airport bookstore they must have sold out would they would they tell you they would tell you right Sean Uh, tell me what if your book was going to be in like airports, like I assume that's no. going to be like a, they tell they tell me nothing they tell you honestly it's it's in Barnes and Noble right yeah it is in Barnes and Noble because Sean and I Sean came here to see Black Panther with me which we're going to review later on the show today and I remember walking into a Barnes and we were walking into the mall and I'm like, can I go buy your book now? And he's like, it'll be there on the first or whatever with yeah. the date of the release. And uh, by the way, Sean's book came out the same day as Quentin Tarantino's cinema speculation, which is, I think, yep. really 
just a cool little coincidence. And, I, and both of them arrived in my mailbox in the same day. So if my both sells, racing for the number one spot, if my book sells a sliver of what that book sells, because it is dominating the uh, the Amazon charts. All it's, right. Here's first world problems. I'll tell you guys this as well, too. Today, if you go to the page for on Amazon, it says that my book is number one on the bestsellers list in its category, right? But I'm supposed to get a little tiny label at the top that says number one bestseller, and it's not showing up, and I'm annoyed <laughs> because it's there. It's on the chart. And then I'm saying, like, in right, my exactly. No, I know. Like, it's not real until I get the, uh, it. Uh, like a, the, the person label. actually, Sean, the person that, that like goes through and, and adds those to the listing, yeah. they actually just got fired from Twitter and they were yeah. the person <laughs> that handled verification at Twitter. But so. congratulations, <laughs> you got verified for $8 a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wonderful. Well, all uh, right. Uh, by the way, on the day we're recording this, and this is just minutia, but all day long they were adding this official thing to Twitter and then Elon Musk took it away and then now it's back. I don't know. It's so weird. The, the irony <laughs> that Sean can finally get it, but it's going to go. Okay. It's at a point where it means nothing. Oh, it means nothing. It's, it's the perfect less. end to the story. It is the absolute perfect end to the Sean O'Connell verification <laughs> saga. Well, let's, what we're going to do is we're going to fast forward two months and somehow Sean's going to shift the narrative. He's like, I'm so cool. I never even I never, never even verified. Nope. Never even needed it. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Um, hit subscribe. Turn on your notifications. Oh, we are. How close are we to 10,000 subscribers? Close. We're at like 9.9 something. So Mom, if you're listening, uh, get on. Please that. come on. <laughs> Fake come accounts. On. Let's go. Yeah, get on. the bots Mom, moving. We're at 9,932. Right, Mom, all you have to do is create so, so 78 by, account or 68 accounts or whatever it would be. And yeah. just you can do it. Subscribe, please. Of course, Hopefully we're this uh, review episode will push us over the edge. Did oh, I get that true. This right? is a big one. Something like that. Uh, have you signed up for Roblin Premium? Oh, Donovan killed with the weekend of Bernie's poster. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God. Wait, that I was gotta, fantastic, Donovan. I got to retweet. I got to retweet that real quick. You that guys was terrific. Mid show. Uh, kind of the fun oh, yeah. stuff that we do on the on the premium. Um, get your ad free <laughs> versions of the podcast every so Monday, uh, an extra segment each week and a newsletter that comes from me. Um, not this week, but next week there'll be a newsletter. Check the description for information on where to sign up. All right, let's start the show. Uh, Black Panther box office predictions. Um, we were having this talk about the people who haven't been back to the theaters yet and how movies like Doctor Strange um, when it came around in the summertime. And then, of course, Top Gun Maverick, which has just been dominating. But I still feel I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. I still talk to plenty of people who say that they just they haven't gone back to theaters yet. Like Top Gun didn't lure them back. There's been nothing sort of in the lull uh, that's prepping them for it. But that but that they're coming for Black Panther. Um, and I want to go to what the previous film, the first Black Panther movie did, but going back, this is, this is 2018. Uh, it ended up doing 700 million domestic and 647 million international for $1.3 billion. Right. And that was also uh, really in the, in the, in the heart of that phase of the MCU. Like we were like right. that Black Panther hit and then infinity war hit. And then like, you know, it was just like, and remember, do you guys remember how insane it was that Black Panther came out, did what it did, and then all of a sudden uh, Black, Black Panther gets dusted in Infinity yeah. War. It was like yeah. the, one of the most like insane arcs. It was all, I mean, if there was anyone that was going to be safe during that, because we all kind of went into, I don't know about you guys, I sort of went into Infinity War thinking like, he's probably going to snap. Like that was sort of the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah. never one of the people that we really thought would be snapped away because no. they just introduced him. It was and, so, it was yeah. incredibly ballsy. 
And Black Panther was obviously the release of that first film was it transcended film. It, tra- yeah. it, it, it was it was it was people were going in groups because it was such a huge deal culturally and kind of what it meant. Uh, and I think uh, that's going to be an interesting question here without Chadwick Boseman and obviously his legacy and him. You know, I, I always say that. You know, when you're an artist like that, you truly never die because your work lives on forever. You can always For go sure. back and revisit it. Um, but especially with Chadwick, because we know that he was sick in the process of making specifically the first Black Panther film. And then you look at the movies he made while he was sick, which Defy Bloods and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Projects that were obviously very important and impactful, specifically Black Panther. And then you go back and look at those videos of like Chadwick surprising those fans on the uh, was it on Fallon when they would turn yeah. around. And, oh, and, God, that's such an emotional segment. Yeah. And you just think about then again in that moment, he's also still sick. Yeah, yeah. And and the selfless nature of 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 what he knew he was to people. Um, so it, it is an interesting question as you're factoring in, you know, it well, sounds weird to belittle it down to a box office discussion, but, but it is a question of whether or not, you know, with the impact of that first film, where we were in the phase of the MCU and where we are now. And with, which is, I would argue that there's a bit of fatigue in the MCU, but this film has, has that it factor. It's like, what, who is the next black Panther? How are yeah. they going to pull this off? Sure. How are they doing? I mean, and it also had one of the greatest teaser trailers of all time when they went from that great Bob Marley track to into um, I don't Kendrick? think Bob Marley's Was singing, it but into into Kendrick. But the, but the beginning of it is a Bob Marley tra- yeah. song, I think, covered by somebody. And then it goes into Kendrick. Um, but see, yeah. like, I don't want to make this connection to box office in this instance, but this is a reality. There's a lot of people who are curious about how they're going to handle um, the oh. loss of it's the one of the questions I've been asked the most about the it's, film. Yeah, I mean, in, in exactly. all honesty, you can't deny that. That is when you were going into that movie and you and I yeah. sat next to each other, we were on the ride, we were driving there together. We were like, I hope you had a wonderful time. We're about to see the next Black Panther film and we're about to find out who that next Black Panther is. And, and Kevin and brought it, up a bunch of things that I thought we were going to see. Like when he said them, and we'll, I'll save these for the spoiler sec- yeah. segment. But he brought yeah. up a couple of things that I was like, oh, I never even thought about that. And that was pretty fascinating. So, and also or, I, things things that we saw. I'll talk, talk to you in the yeah, spoiler we'll, section. We'll talk about it. But, I'm ready but, now. <laughs> but it is interesting to point out, though, there, there's there's nothing wrong with un, with that curiosity. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going no, into Black Panther sure. with the curiosity because it is. I mean, he, again, one of the things that's really important to note this entire film is based around the loss of T'Challa and the grieving of the characters and kind of how they're moving forward. And, and yeah. which is why it was such a therapeutic experience for the actors, because they basically got to parallel their own grief with the characters griefs. I remember Lupita Nyong'o said, Jake and I were on the carpet in DC that Nakia, her character was further along in her grief process about T'Challa than Lupita was about Chadwick and playing Nakia helped her get there. Um, so in all honesty, like when you're going into this film, Chadwick's presence is the key. It's the, it's the legacy. It's what, it's what he left behind. And of course there's going to be a curiosity about how they're going to handle it. And the trailers already leaned into it. We already know from the trailers that his that T'Challa is dead and they're grieving him. And we don't know who the next black Panther is going to be. That's how they're marketing it. They're marketing it in a way where you're yeah. supposed to be questioning and curious, yeah. but, and, and I also think it's being done in a very, respectful way i don't i don't Absolutely. i don't i don't find it exploitive at all in terms of 
what's going what happened with him. I think this is a beautiful, no, 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 no. Uh, beautiful uh, legacy film that's going to show you truly the impact and, and, and what he left and what he's still giving to us now. So there's a couple other factors, too. There's uh, a new character being introduced to it. But uh, Namor is definitely not on the on the level that say like Spider-Man was and Black Panther was when they were introduced in Civil War. You know, I don't True. think that Namor, while I think that, and and we'll talk about it in the in the review, I think he's handled in, incredibly. Oh, yeah. I don't think people are turning out to this to necessarily see him. Um, but we're in a situation too where, and maybe this was the case with the first Black Panther, like this movie is going to be on every screen available. Um, I, you're not gonna, I don't know what else you're going to be able to go see. Like there might be like one or two other I was actually houses. really going to try to go see Banshees this weekend. And I kind of paused and I was like, I don't know if I'm like, I hope it's still playing. <laughs> Where is it even going to be? This is why you need art house cinemas. Yes. This is, this is a big part of this it. A, so, okay. So, um, the first Black Panther did 200 million in its opening weekend. It was a February. So far, the highest grossing uh, opening, the biggest opening for this year is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It is one hundred and eighty seven million dollars. So domestic, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And that's what we're that's what we're trying to guess for Panther. We're going to try to guess domestic uh, to give you a couple of other um, big openings from this year. Jurassic World Dominion did one hundred and forty five million opening weekend. Thor Love and Thunder did one hundred and forty four and the Batman did 134. Top Gun did 126, but then I think word of mouth, obviously. So yeah, right. Ironically, so, the highest grossing film of the year is just barely in the top five domestic openings. Uh, yes, correct. Um, but again, the legs that that thing had. And I'm sure, sure Black Panther 2 is going to have a ton of legs, and we can discuss that too because I want to get into that angle. So uh, let's place our bets. Jack, uh, Jake, where do you think the word? Jake uh, is my name, actually. It's, Jake, it's what, what, was Jack. Opening, Jack. what was the opening Jack. domestically yeah. of the first one? 202? 200 million. To, yeah, domestic. I, I'm gonna, I'm domestic. gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say that I think we're gonna see uh, like a like a Force Awakens to Last Jedi situation where like Force Awakens was just such a behemoth within yeah. pop culture and such a seismic shift in what was going on in the world at that time that I think that's an impossible standard to judge the next one where the next film being either Last Jedi or Wakanda Forever is going to have massively successful opening weekend but not quite where the first one was. So I'm going to go ahead and guess like a 190 um, okay. where like, yes, it's going to do very well. It's got a good chance of being the, the top opener of, of the year um, at, at this point. But I don't think it just has that X factor of cultural event that that first one had. Kev, what do you think? Um, do you mind repeating the the opening number of the number one film opening this year uh, domestically? 187 million for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. May opening first summer. One eighty seven. I'm gonna go one eighty domestic. One eighty. Okay. Um, and I think it edges out the original. Do you? Wow. Yeah. I, I think mean, it gets to I think it gets to 210. Ooh. I think the only thing that prevents it from getting to, to 210 um, is the length of the film. It's sure. a long film. It is a long it movie. Is, yeah. And there's only yeah. so many times that you could screen it in a given day. Um, but I think that there's I think there are a lot of people who are going to want to go out and see this on opening weekend. Uh, a as a way to sort of pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Uh, B, I think there's a lot of people who this is their favorite 
character and franchise in the, in the MCU. Um, And I think they're going to be super curious to see how it plays out. And it just feels like it, it feels like the event, an event movie, you know, it It feels like the kind of movie Mm -hmm. that you have to be at uh, to say you saw it more so than even like they wanted black Adam to be that. And it wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it wasn't my producers Um, in my TV show are like, we've been running interviews for two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever done this many interviews on my like I, I interviewed seven people on the red carpet in D.C., seven uh, the filmmakers and actors and Denai Greer and Letitia Wright, everybody. Um, and I've been running those interviews since last Monday and I ran yep. two more today. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I am the like the I am like like Kevin is at his station. I'm sort of the nerd at my station. I'm like, you know, oftentimes sometimes people at my station have to be like, OK, come on, dude. Like you're being very, very nerd, you know, whether it be Marvel or Star Wars, or whatever. Like, come on, like scale it back. Not everyone cares as much as you do. And I had to step out of my morning meeting this morning and uh, walked by at some point and heard them in the meeting talking about Black Panther. And I just popped in and go like, I have worked here for a decade and been trying to get you people to like talk. I step out of the meeting for five minutes and you all collectively yeah. start talking about Marvel and Black. I was like, Wait. so anyway, to, to, to your point, Kevin. Yeah. Like people who don't normally talk about these things yeah. are talking about these things. Yeah, it's good. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's weird. I actually... The rationale that Sean gave, I don't, I don't, it's interesting. Are you changing I, your bets? Are no, you changing I'm gonna your bets? I'm going to stay at 180 because I do, yeah. I mean, we're also still in a pandemic. We're also yeah. still. D- does it, uh, how much of the factor that, like, pr- while pre-sales are doing well, but pre-sales are technically below where Black Panther was at the same point? I also saw that they were below um, Doctor Strange 2, yes. and I could be wrong on that. That's why I made the 180 bet, because... I think it'll still. I mean, I've, I saw that there. Yeah. Were, I saw the number. There's gonna be a lot of walk up business too. Yeah. The only number I've actually seen, the numbers that I've seen, uh, just to give clarity, were I think I originally saw like a 175 domestic. And, yeah. But the so number, it was the 175, and then uh, 175, I think to 180. But they right. But the whoever's running those models said that it's not surprising if it reaches 200 because right. given mm-hmm. the anticipation for it. And worldwide, I saw a number of 365. Um, okay. for that, that's what it was supposed to be opening up at. Does I don't it, know. Yeah. Talking about the legs before we actually get into reviewing it. Does it break a billion dollars like the original? Yes. Yes. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I well, do. and this is what, this is what we were talking about. Jake sort of brought this up of saying, uh, that between this Black Panther Wakanda forever and then Avatar, like, are they going to be the last two movies of this year that I have think a chance so. to reach number one? Like, if Black Panther can hold do on to number one. This can do it. Well, I'm trying to think because well, yeah. one, Aqu- Aquaman had the fortunate uh, situation to be able to play through through Christmas, but with Black Panther, you know, even okay, if it opens, you know, let's just, let's call it 200 million. Let's say it opens 200 million this weekend, and what? It's got four weeks till Avatar. So by the fourth week. It'll be what in the ballpark of like a $25 million weekend, $30 million weekend. I just let you know, I don't see any movie over the next four weeks that could potentially open 25, 30 million wild card. But, but I don't know if it's going to be on enough theaters is glass onion is glass onion. Not going to a lot of theaters. There's no way glass onion opens higher than, than the, the, what the third weekend of black Panther or the second, there's no way. Cause the third weekend of black Panther would still be, 40 well, what 45 ish you know uh there's there's no way that glass onions going to be in enough theaters really but it, it's popular. just it's not gonna it's not gonna have the theaters yeah I don't, i'm yeah. curious how many theaters it's got. it is getting there's, it's like amc right like they, yeah. AMC AMC Regal, running it i, I just don't think time. it's getting i don't think it's getting the release that that it would need 
to have the kind of numbers to overtake Black Panther. I just that don't would think be it's the curious. That's the question on Knives Out is if it's in enough theaters and it's allowed enough screens, then I could yeah. see by then, by the end of this month, early November kind of situation that it's in, I could see it like taking the number one okay. slot, maybe. I'm reading this on CNET.com. It says the film will play in theaters for one week, November 23rd to the 29th. Netflix said approximately 600 theaters in the U.S. will show the film. (laughs) Okay, never mind. All right. Still, go see Glass Onion in a theater with an audience because that's how it's meant to play. And and, and, and just to give some clarification there, what's the screen count for Black Panther? I'm guessing 4,400. It's It's max. However many we have. (laughs) Yes. Which again, you know, speaks to what we were just saying of like good luck if you wanted to see something else you know and uh there i'm just as be, bad as anybody i think there's all there'll uh, always be know. a couple of counter programming screens you know, you know it's so funny i had someone come up to me to. today at work and basically said you know I, I bought tickets for black panther on saturday and i'm a little surprised i was able to get tickets and i said honestly i said that's not a testament to the film doing poorly it's a testament to the fact that the theater owners are putting it on every, they're making sure because remember the days i don't know there, there used to be this vibe of like man it's hard to everything sold out you can't get tickets yeah. that almost made it an event now it's at a point where like i mean is there really a situation is, is anyone really trying to see a film that they're not able to see because it's sold out anymore does that does that problem exist anymore um no although i do know that there were some uh situations with uh no way home when i wanted to go back to no way home a couple of times where the only seats that were available were like the first row you know, or you don't get if you know you're going with like two or three people, you can't get those seats together. It's that kind of situation. Sure, sure. Which means that the theater is at like 90 percent kind of right. Then and that's and that's, um, you know, that makes sense. So I'm for reference, one of the megaplexes near me on Saturday has 37 showings of it on Saturday. Oh, Jesus. How many oh, wow. for the Banshees of Inna Sharon? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you look it up and just says, are you kidding me? <laughs> Netflix, it says. Yeah, it's, did you mean Black Panther? <laughs> uh, let me see. It has four showings on Saturday. The same theater. For this okay. is interesting. I just clicked the wrong button on AMC because I wanted to see if it was available. Uh, Black Panther was available. And I clicked what they're doing. AMC is apparently doing um, both movies back to back. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Interesting. Doing the double feature. Yeah. Into the second one. They're That's usually really good idea. about doing the... Uh, like Remember they did the, the marathons for... Uh, in game, and they did the yeah. marathons yeah, yeah. for Star Wars mm-hmm. and stuff. They're good about putting those packages together. That's kind of fun. Uh, Gabe, are you playing along? You throwing out a? a I think I don't think it beats the original. I I put it between one ninety five and two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if I have to give you a hard number, I'll say one ninety seven. Okay. okay. Yeah, I like it. I wrote all this down. Nothing happens. Uh, it literally means it means nothing. It's a, it's what was that rights. line on? Uh, what was that line on? Whose line is it? Whose line is it anyway? It, where the game where the uh, points don't points, matter. Points don't yeah, matter. The, rule, yeah. the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. basically what we're playing here. Yeah. Um, all right. This week in movies. So there's a film coming to uh, Apple TV Plus called Spellbound, which Gabe says has a pretty good cast. Animated? Is animated? animated? Yeah, animated film. Interesting. Uh, you know what's on Apple TV Plus? Although I don't think it's open for everybody, but we have copies of um, Causeway with Jennifer Lawrence and, oh, yeah. and Brian Tyree Henry. I've heard that both of them are terrific in it. So I'm going to give that a watch. Uh, and then, of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So let's get into our review of the new Ryan Coogler film. And this is going to be our spoiler free version of the talk. And we will make it very clear before we're going to go into spoilers um, of how uh, of how certain things worked. Um, and so I'll start and just go into uh, that. I thought that this movie was um, 
incredibly cathartic. Uh, it, it's it had an it had a, a near impossible uh, task, you know, to overcome the loss of of uh, the franchise's lead character and to try to figure out a way to to go on and to go on in a way that recasting him didn't make sense because um, it would have been too soon, according to Kevin Feige. And how do you replace um, uh, a hero? And how do you replace? How do you pay legacy to the actor who who played him in in memorable parts, not just in his own film, but in the Avengers films and in Captain America: Civil War? Like Chadwick Boseman left a stamp on the MCU uh, in such a way that the, the you couldn't avoid it. You know, you had to you had to lean into it. And so I was really impressed. And I won't I'm not going to give away any kind of details, but I was really impressed with the way that Ryan Coogler. Uh, as a writer and a director, figured out um, how to maneuver his cast through it. Um, I was blown away by Namor. I thought, uh, I think it's Tanakh Huerta. Is it? Is it not pronounced Tanakh? Tanakh Huerta. Tanakh Huerta. Tanakh Huerta. Yeah, yeah. Huerta. Yeah. Just incredible casting. And I mean, at this point, Marvel with their casting is, it's got to be one of the most impressive things about the MCU's legacy is who they find to play their characters. Um, I don't necessarily know who they've missed on at this point. Um, He's amazing. And I'm really even more fascinated now to see what James Cameron's doing in Avatar with the underwater (laughs) photography, because the way that they shoot, um, and Kev will, I'm sure, dive into this. I legitimately believe that they were filming people underwater. Uh, that they there were. are performances that happen, you know, that people are giving performances <laughs> underwater. It's Ryan remarkable. Coogler learned how to swim. Uh, and I want to get, I think this is a variety. I'll give them credit for this. Uh, he learned how to swim so he could film those scenes. Oh my like, God. I don't, I don't believe that he knew how to swim. I'll have to look at the full quote, but he learned to swim so that he could be in the water with the actors. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Well, they figured out how, how to do it and to make it look good. Because if you've ever scuba dived or, or done anything underneath the ocean, like it could be incredibly dark and murky and you don't know what you're not looking at anything, essentially. Uh, and those figures look fantastic. He's such a formidable new character. Um, <clears throat> Gabe was mentioning something about the the way that they portrayed the wings on his feet. I actually thought that was really cool. I thought that I, I thought the way that they pulled it off was great. I thought he was incredibly um, strong and powerful and the. The motivations behind him are fantastic, and he's going to be a really fascinating character for them to explore from here on out. Um, the, the dynamic, the the power dynamics in Wakanda made it feel a little bit Game of Thrones esque, and I'm, I meant that as a, I mean that as a compliment. I was really compelled about where um, what was happening in, in Wakanda because they do factor in um, what they're doing with the loss of T'Challa and then where Wakanda stands on the national stage for a couple of different reasons that I, I'm going to kind of leave out of the spoiler section. And in some of those instances might be where the film overreaches just a bit. Like there's subplots that involve people like Everett Ross um, and a couple other cameos that I was like, I'm not quite sure that they needed to be in this movie um, because at two hours and 40 minutes, my only knock on the film is that maybe there's too much story. I think maybe it kind of embraced a little bit too much. I mean, you had you had a conflict that was basically, you know, Namor versus the Wakandans. And it, that could have been it. They could have just really gone after that. And there are a couple of subplots that I just thought we can get into them when we get into the spoilers that I was like, maybe they didn't necessarily need those here. You had plenty of other other movie to get to. But the, the big question that I think that, that everyone's asking sort of going into is how do they treat Chadwick's legacy? And I think it was... You couldn't have done it better, honestly. I thought they did an incredible job uh, of handling uh, that loss and 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 
demonstrating, as Kevin said really well earlier, that when someone's gone, that their legacy doesn't fade away. It's not like their legacy fades away. They're still here with us, essentially. That's yeah. the that was a big takeaway I took from Wakanda Forever. And I guess that's kind of why the subtitle Wakanda Forever works so well, because that that element uh, of Chadwick's life is going to be with us forever. Jake, I know you came out of it um, and we were all in the text thread. And I think you liked it the most out of the three of us. So, um, yeah, I, I, I you, I, did I actually I, did liked I cover it. most of your bases. Yeah, yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. That's it. No, I actually um, am of the belief that I think this one is better than the first. I I really like the original Black Panther, but I also I also have a handful of nitpick issues with it um, that I I think are for the most part uh, resolved here. I, I mean, anyone who and I'm not I'm not going to start naming names, and we're not going to start bringing up uh, people or anything, but anyone who tries to dismiss the genre of, of, of comic book adaptations or Marvel films, mm. superhero films. Scorsese. I, I don't, I just don't see how you look at what they're able to emotionally accomplish in this film and right. dismiss it. I mean, they, you know, Ryan Coogler and, and Marvel and their team. And look, I, I've been incredibly critical of particularly phase four of Marvel, basically everything since Endgame I have found major issues with. And what I love about this film is that it, it's a, it balances being this really beautiful, loving tribute to Chadwick, but it's also a really powerful film about overcoming grief. I know everyone keeps using grief, but it's also over overcoming grief and it's also moving on. And what I respect most about it is that it has the patience to just be itself. It at no point feels like a preview or a trailer for what's to come. It's just, mm. can we just stop for a moment and tell this story about what's happening here and so many Marvel projects over the last year and a half have felt like two hour long trailers for the next film. And mm. what I love about this film is that because it pauses and says, this is the story we're going to tell right here, we're able to emotionally invest. We're not wondering what that next you know, if that line was actually a, you know, actually meant to be a, an Easter egg for that next thing. We're not waiting to see, you know, which character is going to pop up in the post credit scene. We're, we're just there. I, I not never, honestly, I know it's, it's a weird thing. I guess. Yeah. I could say like, yeah, I guess I felt the, the two forty runtime, but at no point did I ever think it was unnecessary. Like mm. I, I, I appreciated that a lot of the themes, themes that oftentimes are not attached to action sequences, uh, oh, were yeah, given right. the time to breathe. Like the action sequences were great, but for me, it was the fact that there was the scenes in between where two characters just need to talk to each other. Mm. And those characters, I mean, those scenes and those characters were not wasted. Those conversations added a, a layer and a depth to it. Um, and I just think uh, Kugler's uh, work as a director and a, and, a, and a writer and a visionary, I just think were such a step up from what he delivered on on Black Panther. I think the visuals were astounding. Um, mm. I think a lot of the the uh, secondary and supporting characters from the original film were given chances to really flourish. Um, and, and it's funny, in the same way that I felt like T'Challa and Black Panther were perfectly used in Civil War, I felt like Ironheart was perfectly used here like we know we're going to get more iron heart they're literally shooting it in chicago right now but again mm. it didn't feel like a trailer for an, for the iron heart show it just felt like hey here's this new character isn't she really cool mm. uh and i and i really i really dug that wasn't a fan of her suit kind of felt like walmart iron man but beyond that uh you know a, a handful of you know nitpick here or there i this is this is my favorite marvel project 
since Infinity War. I'll say that. Interesting. Kev? Yeah, oh, no, I think the film is incredible. Um, I do ha- obviously have some small issues with some of the convoluted elements of the plot. It is a little t- I think it's about 20 minutes too long. But outside of that, um, you know, this is a and this is a film that needs to be talked about with an asterisk next to it. I mean, like the idea of what they were dealing with in the you know, in the wake of Chadwick Boseman's loss. And, you know, you're moving forward with a sequel to one of the most successful films ever made and one of the biggest movies ever made without your leading star. Um, and how to adjust your story, how to bring new characters in. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. You know, Ryan Coogler is 36 years old. This kid is incredible. Um, from Fruitvale Station to Creed to Black Panther to this, um, he had a task here that was pretty much damn near impossible, I would argue. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, you're, you're trying to one make a great film that's your you know that's the most important thing is trying to make a great film with a great story but then when you lose your leading star um the pivot to the idea of having the characters grieve T'Challa's death I thought was such a smart way to handle it because it was probably the only way the actors could have done it to be Mm -hmm. honest I mean I can't imagine any other way because for those actors I mean you know we sit here and talk about movies all the time these were friendships and family um, that Chadwick was making throughout that first film, right? I mean, Letitia Wright and these, the, the actors in those in the in the films became friends and family of his. This Not is, even just know, making it, but promoting it. Like when they were mm-hmm. out promoting, yeah. so yeah. much of the theme of that movie was the attachment to all, of all the actors to Wakanda mm-hmm. and a community. You know, hundred percent. So and yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is like so with Coogler. It's funny when I go back, I rewatched the first one recently. I still love the first one uh, the best. I think it's out, mm. out of the two. I think it's my favorite primarily because, you know, I obviously love Chadwick in it, but I also I, I thought Andy Serkis was great in that movie. I thought Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger was brilliant. Um, I, you know, and obviously Ludwig's score, which is really amazing here as well. Um, but one of the things that's interesting about this film, really, to me, what stands out is Namor, you know, uh, Huerta, who was, mm. in my opinion, that performance, I mean, you're also coming off of the heels of one, in my opinion, one of the greatest villains in cinema history. I absolutely think that Michael B. Jordan's performance as Killmonger deserved an Academy Award. I thought that for someone to have tattoos all over their body for the hundred plus people they killed, yet for, for me to actually care for that individual and understand what they're going through and actually mourn their death um in, in a way that even Chadwick's character T'Challa in that moment he doesn't want him to die he feels terrible for him um and it's just one of those like brilliant performances and it's not an easy thing to do to play a character like that and make him somehow likable to the audience um and you know but obviously one of the brilliance of the writing of the first Black Panther is that when they tell you his backstory you understand his his arc you understand what he's striving to do I also feel the same way with Namor uh, I feel the same way with what Tenoch did here with the role, because it's, again, another quote unquote layered villain. I don't like the term villain. I don't really use it anymore um, because I don't think it's I think it's too black and white. It's this is these are characters that have had, you know, emotional things that have happened in their lives that have that have brought them to this place. And they believe they're acting in the right. Um, this is not a serial killer. This is somebody who's, you know, somebody who's doing something for what they believe in and for their people. And to me, that's what he kind of embodies. Um, 
in terms of the film overall, Angela Bassett, I have to, you know, there's that moment in the trailer where she says, have I not given everything, which is obviously, um, you know, a big part of the, a scene in the film, which I think is just brilliant. I think she deserves an Academy Award nomination for that performance. Um, and Letitia Wright had a lot on her shoulders, as did everybody else, Lupita Nyong'o and Denai Guerrero. I mean, Denai Guerrero, by the way, might be next to Namor. Those are two my two favorite characters in the whole film. Denai Guerrero has a scene on a bridge that is so badass. Oh um, and they just drop the sound out of it and the action is just awesome or they drop the score out. And, you know, it's funny, like some of the things that I, you know, I, I don't. Is it a spoiler to mention? Um, I'll, I'll be vague. Martin Freeman's counter. We will, yes. we can, yeah, yeah yes. we can okay. save that. OK, yeah. OK. So uh, there's a storyline with Martin Freeman that I I thought didn't need to be in there. I thought that they could have found a way that's what, around that's what I was talking about that yeah. aspect. And um, not that the characters or the performances aren't interesting. It just it just to me, there was another way to to utilize that aspect. And I think, you know, there's a lot going on. And Jake brings up Riri Williams and Ironheart. You know, that's a that's a character that I feel almost gets not buried, but there's just so much happening that you I, I wish that character was given a little more focus. And I think they could have given it a little more focus had they taken away some of the Martin Freeman things. And I think Martin Freeman, listen, he was great in the first Black Panther. He's a key part to that story. He's uh, obviously a very helpful aspect to Wakanda um, and Chadwick's character. Obviously, you know, Chichala was a was a you know, was a was trying to protect him. And well, because, you know, he was a good person, you know, and I think to that end, can, can I use yeah. that as a springboard into our spoiler yeah. conversation? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, so I'll just end on this on no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the film was fantastic. Again, I use the word an asterisk because you have to come at it understanding what he was the cards that he was dealt. And every mm -hmm. film uh, is up against some type of adversity. But this is a monumental adversity to be able to make a film called Black Panther without your leading actor. And, yeah. you know, I think that people are going to be blown away by how seamless it plays and how well it plays in, in the storytelling world, because Ryan Coogler, you know, he's the reason why this works to be at the end of the day. That guy is one of the most talented filmmakers working today. And in anybody else's hands, I don't believe this would have worked. It mm. needed to be done by the people who made the first movie because they were the ones that needed to grieve and give us that emotional parallel. And that's mm. why to me, the film works. It's actually therapeutic. It's cathartic. And the score is amazing. I love Rihanna's song, Lift Me Up. Um, and just a heads up for people out there, there's one mid credit scene, no credit scene at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. So if you're, you know, but I still sit through it all just to see all the names and I like reading the credits, but there's only one credit scene. So we're going to throw it to spoilers. I would like to. I will give us the spoiler break right here for folks listening. And I'll note that we're going to do, we're going to add this to our tier list if you care about that and have enjoyed us uh, playing that little game. Um, we're going to add this should care. to our tier list uh, at the end of the spoiler segment. So if you if you're skipping the spoiler segment, go see the movie, come back, uh, listen to us talk spoilers and, and we'll we'll add it to our tier list as well. But I'll let Sean take it away. OK, so spoilers. Um, th this is where I'm going to be nitpicky, right? Because I think in general that the movie is really, really strong. Um, but Jake, when you talked about how it didn't really have any um, commercials for upcoming movies, I thought all the Everett Ross and Julia Louis-Dreyfus stuff, um, whenever the movie cut back to that subplot, I was like, I a, forgot they were part of it. 
Um, and B, Everett Ross felt like a character that they brought back because they were just like, hey, he was in the first one, you know, like, let's bring him back in because there's a whole thing with like his cell phone and who's tapping who and listening in on and he's keeping the Wakandans updated. And I thought there would have been a better way if they ha- if they felt they had to bring in Everett Ross, bringing him in the way that they did was a little bit clumsy. And and when Contessa, I don't even know her, her full name and I know she's going to be important later, but like I was like uh, it, it didn't need to be there and i love julie Dreyfus, so. but it, like that whole thing it's funny when you're watching a film sometimes when you're watching movies you know generally you're in this vibe where you're cutting back and forth between three different four different stories right and there's always one or two of them that you want to stay in and then you miss when you go to the other ones but when sure. they would cut to the martin freeman stuff i just it just didn't gel the same way. And I and I get the importance of the character. I get what he did in the first Black Panther. He's yeah. still great in the role. He's a great actor. I love him. But the whole story with him and Julia Dreyfus, I think, could have been taken out and or just reworked somehow into the movie without those characters. Her character's opinion. name, for the record, is uh, Valentina Fontaine. Um, Sean, not even close. <laughs> it's Contessa something. I don't think that's right. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. But I think she goes by Valentina. Okay. Okay. Elaine. We'll just call her Elaine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I do do want to push a little bit on that because I think that I think that it is central to the movie's story that both Wakanda and um, what is Namor's uh, city called or community called? Uh, Talak? Talak? Yeah, please. Someone, it's it's hard when up. there's no spoil, like when people don't have spoilers out, <laughs> there's no like yeah. reference to look it up. His people, Wakanda and then and then Namor and his people. I think it's necessary for the story for Talocan, there to be. Talokan, thank you. Talocan. Isn't that what M'Baku says? He's like, like he says that like in the trailer, doesn't he refer to that? Sure. My yeah, point I mean, being, my point yeah. being, regardless, my point being, I think that Everett Ross is necessary to to anchor us to the outside world, the world sure. outside of those, because I think that that pressure is central to the story of those two communities. Oh, that, okay. So, yeah. so I agree in that. I think once uh, Elaine, <laughs> once, once Valentina, <laughs> becomes, once Valentina becomes like more involved in his story, it's becomes less important. I do agree with yeah. that, but I think that, I think that he's fine being there because understanding the machinations of the outside world and the danger that they have is central to sort of, of, of how those two communities are tied together. And of course how it ends in in sort of a sort of, uh, you know, truce. Yeah. I did did like that full circle with how, I mean, we're in spoiler spoiler territory, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So like, I did love that they help that the Wakandans did help break him out at the end. Mm -hmm. And like, that was cool. I, I think, it's interesting, like in the beginning, I didn't mind Martin Freeman. It was really when the Julie Leary Dreyfus right. aspect of the story kind of came in that I thought, why are we cutting back to this? Why am I in their home about wiretaps? I mean, it, it, it just yeah. didn't. And I, and I get what it did. I mean, I, I get why Ryan left it in there. There's I mean, there's no, you know, you have to well, just tell Kevin a story. Kevin that has to be in there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But to me, but it I mean, just made logical yeah. sense in the same way that oftentimes we watch these solo Marvel films and question, well, where was this other Marvel person? Or where was that other Marvel? Like, why wouldn't they have heard about this? Why wouldn't they have been like, maybe just 
logically in my mind, it just made total sense that particularly with the international conflict that is presented in the first act, it made sense to me that whether or not it's like as good as the other stuff we're seeing, I don't think you can go as far as saying it wasn't necessary and you got to cut it out because to me, it made complete and total logical sense that those two characters would be actively involved in what was going on, particularly okay, because, so, you know, it's an inter- it's an international conflict and like they would need to know about it and they would have thoughts on it. All right. So let's rephrase it then. Uh, it's not that they're not. It's not that the storyline isn't important to the story. It just wasn't as, in my opinion, as strong or well written. Sure. Sure. As because like. Uh, anytime I'm watching Namor on screen, I'm locked in. Okay. He's anytime Denai Guerrero is on screen, I'm locked in. Lupita, Leticia, everybody in the film, I'm locked in. But when they would cut back to that storyline with Martin Freeman and Julie Lee Dreyfus, I was just like, okay, I mean, I, I get what the point is, but like, let's, can we get back to, yeah. I want to get back to the Namor and, and Denai. I mean, there was such a, like, I mentioned that bridge fight, which is so badass. Um, and I, to me, that was one of the greatest beats in the film was like, was that, was that waiting for those two characters name to get back to. Oh, I love that she had a rival. Yeah. I love that she had a rival uh, in in the Talacon community. Um, Her character. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the other element I want to bring up the, oh, the, the part that Kevin was, uh, previewing before we went into it, when we were doing the, what are we about to see kind of thing. And it's a really interesting point that I'm a little surprised we didn't see it is that Kevin thought that we were going to see other Avengers characters at the funeral that other Marvel characters oh, would have interesting would like have Evans gone. comes back or like, 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 I don't know. Would it have been a know? respectful thing? Cause it's a very serious thing in their culture. Like it's oh, a very spiritual thing. I'm glad they yes. didn't do it. Yeah, I, it also would have been so distracting. It would be like, Oh my God, look there they are. Right. Like it would have been yeah. so distracting. I, I think, I think, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm glad they didn't do it because it would have been way distracting. But we were just thinking we were we were spitballing ideas of what was because remember, at this point, we didn't know that Letitia Wright was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. We didn't yeah. know, um, you know, we didn't know a lot of different we didn't, you know, a lot of things happen in this film that we haven't even touched on yet. The Killmonger cameo is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. So good. Um, which and we talked you know, we we'll, talked about that on the show is that they could possibly do it. And I completely forgot about that. And when uh, the queen dies, and they're getting to that scene. I was like, oh, that's why they had to. That's why she had died before this scene, because she has to have somebody that she's going to talk to. And I was like, that right. that was my expectation. And then yeah. he showed up and I was like, oh, you got me. Like, what a surprise. Yeah. I totally that's forgot about him. Yeah, was amazing. And, it, he's and again, it, he's, he's great. Isn't it? I mean, I'm telling you, that performance is so damn good. It's funny, and a testament uh, to the fact that they yeah. show us a lot more in the trailer sometimes than we realize, because if you watch the teaser closely, <laughs> that clip is in the teaser, but he is just deleted out of it. Like oh, you see oh, really? her standing in that fire. room with the yeah. fire, okay. but he's not there. Is the Wait, throne are we, are, there? Are we, I need to yes. see it again because are you sure? Interesting. Because I, I have to look at the shot again because I know what shot Jake's talking about. Are you sure he hadn't disappeared by that point in the scene and she was just getting ready to come back? Either way. I was trying to remember possible. because he's on the throne and it's, see, it's, and it's funny because we had a lot of discussions on the show about who Black Panther was going to be. And I was very adamant that Michael B. Jordan was going to come back and, and be Black Panther, which I was obviously wrong about. But I do believe that his presence was the, was what ignited her, helped ignite her to find the path that she needed to find, even though he was, you know, it's a negative aspect he's coming out right. from a a, a a quote unquote villainous aspect but it was what she needed to hear it's why she, everybody asks her who you, who you saw 
And she never even, I don't think she, she tells anyone. Want, she right? doesn't want to admit to right. it she, now. Yeah, but this is yeah. what I find really fascinating is that now that um, Killmonger, we know that he is on the board, that they could have used him in some way, shape or form. Like yeah. how would they have used him had Bozeman survived? You know, if they did a, a, a traditional I, Black Panther sequel, you know, I still where think he, that Chadwick's, uh, that T'Challa brought him in, healed him with the beads. Right. And I think that, though, I think that, that well, he's dead Jordan's though now. Care. No, no, yeah, I'm saying now, now he, he is. is. I'm, I'm, talking about, yeah. I'm talking about the original plot of what the sequel would have been. So. No, and again, I, I, you know, I'm, no, I, I'm still okay, standing. By, I, no, no listen, Michael we'll, B. Jordan did come back. I wasn't that wrong. You were. You were <laughs> I was, well, you said that. Said, it was, it was a giant one. difference between he came back and he's going to be Black Panther, and he, and he came back yeah, as a yeah. ghost. Those are two different things. But I want to say. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm one right. of the elements that I want to say that I love that they did um, was because once you realize that they're going to um, in story deal with the loss of T'Challa is like, how is he going to die? And I love that the yes. from the opening shot, it's um, it's Shuri. A very sudden opening to shot. Race the clock to save him, you yeah. know, rem- because yeah. I'm sorry. That's what. I was already in tears just with the Marvel Studios. The silent yes. Marvel Studios. Yeah, oh with my god. Him, yeah, can we talk about that? Like the oh my god, sure. that was beautiful. It was purple. I was like, I was like, oh, this film's gonna crush me, huh? We're just we're starting with the logos already getting <laughs> yeah. me? Like Jesus Christ. But wait, Sorry, now Kev but... brought up a point too, um, that I found really interesting was that yeah. they used the they used the shots of uh Kugler, not nah, Kugler, of um Chadwick in the Marvel logo. Um and and Kev said that that stole focus away from when they did the montage of of um chadwick at the end because it was a lot yeah. of the same shots because i because I, I, I the point i was making was when the marvel logo comes up in the beginning of this film it's all t'challa and all chadwick and yeah. it's a lot of the, his scenes from black panther and obviously there were scenes from civil war and, uh, yeah. and other films that they had done i don't and it's funny because like it's i, I i'm of two thoughts about this i thought that was a brilliant way to play with the logo and 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 have that as an honor to chadwick but then later on remember we don't see him in the film except for on that on that uh billboard which and i i think is beautiful because oh, I, I think agree. i think so much of the film the parallels are really crazy Right. They talk about they talk about T'Challa sort of suffering in silence, literally. And I was like, wow. So you went as far yeah. as like making that parallel yeah. that mm-hmm. far. But I think like that mural, like in the costume design and, and all of that stuff, every like everyone who's building this movie had a chance to put something in that yeah. was like their real world grief. And that mural, I, I think, is very particularly not a wide shot of T'Challa in Wakandan garb. It's not him mm-hmm. as Black Panther. It is. His Chadwick. face, and it is it yeah. is as much just Chadwick Boseman as it is, as it could be, T'Challa, right. and I thought that was such a beautiful touch. When yeah, we were I, going I think those scenes. I think the point that I'm, I was making with Sean was I I think that moment later in the film when we did flash back to him would have yeah. hit me harder had I not seen what they did at the beginning, but. But I, I think also, you could argue that I it would be weirder it. if it was I, if it was the Hulk and then Cap and like the usual true, logo. Like you definitely could argue would have been that weird. Yeah. Or just do a standard Marvel Studios and put nothing. And then and then, again, listen, when that hit at the beginning of the film, I loved it. I, lo- I thought it was incredible. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I have no problem with it. It was just that I I wish that my I wish I had. I feel like I would have had a deeper emotional moment seeing him in those flashbacks had I not seen it prior in the Marvel logo. I don't know why that, that why hit do me we that also way. feel did did they not already do that? Did they do it once before with, with all Chadwick? Chadwick photos? 
They did. Oh, they did Marvel it on, um, on on Disney Plus. I think I think it was like I could be wrong. I remember when Disney Plus. I thought there was a Disney Plus logo change for Chadwick okay. specifically, but I, I could swear be. Com- I saw something wrong. else where they did that. I mean, anyway, and that being ex- said, oh, so I, I have to ask this question. So I mean, it's so it, honestly, it feels really weird to talk about this openly. It's it's kind of strange. We're in spoiler um, territory. We got. Let's get to that mid credit scene. Um, oh God! Yeah. So okay, now I, I have to ask you guys this because one of the things I asked Letitia right on the carpet was. Um, one of my favorite scenes from the first Black Panther was it's like this really like goofy sequence with her and Chadwick about about the royal sandals that he's wearing. And she's like, what mm. are those? And he's like, you don't like my royal sandals. And I always thought that, I just love that moment because his brother's sister is just like a goofy little funny thing. But Letitia told me that there is a um, homage and a reference to the sandals in this movie that he wears. And I don't and I don't. And again, she told me that after I saw the movie. But. Mm. Now I want to go back and watch it. The only place I could think that that reference could be would be at the end of the film where we're in mid credit scene territory now sitting on the beach. I didn't look what she was wearing, but maybe she was wearing the sandals. I don't remember um, because I didn't know until she told me on the carpet that there was a reference to it. Um, And and so in this scene, for people who were in spoiler territory, we meet um, we meet T'Challa and uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character's son. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, there's obviously, a uh, an idea of whether or not this character will go on to be Black Panther. It's a little boy. We're not really sure. Um, but it does explain Lupita's that kid was cute as hell too. He was so cute. <laughs> yeah. Such a charming performance. And it, was so a good. Great, it was great. And like, and like to hear for the movie to end, you know, again, credit to Ryan Coogler who, cause Coogler and Ludwig wrote lift me up with Rihanna, Rihanna. Oh, so, did they really? That's yeah, they were part of the writing process. So I think um, when the film ended, it's funny, when, and this is something we talked about when we got out of the movie, I, that mid-credits scene was so powerful that I kind of wish it was part of the, the, the actual movie before the credits rolled. But now I get it because once the credits roll and then you get the Rihanna song, then you pop to that. It, it is beautiful because the song, brings you to a, the song brings you to a completed arc of emotion of what you just kind of went through. And then you get this beautiful futuresque scene of the the again, the legacy continuing the mm-hmm. the and then and then you really understand why Lupita left, because at first you're like kind of like, why? Why did she go for all that time? Now we get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess the question now becomes, does Letitia continue um, with the Black Panther until the kid's old enough um, or I, I don't know. And then I mean, Namor. That's all. I mean, I mean, he doesn't. Here's, you know, we'll here's the thing about those characters being introduced and, and a, a young kid who may eventually become Black Panther. The, you can treat Black Panther in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe differently than you would other characters because there is only one Hulk for the long for the longest time. There's Hulk, right? right? Like, yes, there's She-Hulk, but like, it's not like there's like a replacement for Hulk or a right. replacement for Spider-Man or. You know, um, but Black Panther has been multiple Black Panthers, you know, over the generations. Same like with Iron Man. T- T'Challa's father was T'Chaka, you know, like and so it's it's you can pass the legacy down. It's almost built into the fabric of the character. We might not see a, a Black Panther sequel, a traditional Black Panther sequel for years from now, you know, and because of the snap. And it was funny. We had a conversation with Nate Moore, who's the one of the producers on uh Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And he talks about how the snap 
has really kind of messed with the timeline of the MCU in terms of matching it up with the year that we are in. Like, it's hard to tell what year the action is even in, you know, mm-hmm. because there's certain stories that are being told like right after the snap and some that still involve like the time in the snap. I actually thought going into it that the entirety of Black Panther Wakanda Forever could have been set during the the snap when T'Challa was gone. Now it it would temporarily you know put a pin in. Yeah. This explains where yeah. why he's not here, kind of thing. So it's better that they ripped the bandaid off and just dealt with his loss uh, specifically. Oh. But yeah. I think also, that kid well, wait, could how, eventually how become his because he. Okay, all right, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I get yeah, it. Yeah, okay. they would have had to eventually come around to explain. Yeah. you know yeah. what happened to him eventually. My um, only other do, criticism, uh, Sean, you agreed with me on this. I think I wish that Letitia's entrance as black panther was stronger oh i didn't yeah. like i didn't and again i get because again i think the arc of her becoming black panther is really great because it's the it's the legacy and she you know loses her mom and and, and her brother and, and 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 it and it pivots her into this selfless nature of what this character is and what black panther can do but they they entrance her in an in an mbaku sequence which i thought was I don't know. I, 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 envi- and I guess maybe this is just based on our anticipation for it and where, who's going to be Could it possibly be because you'd seen that clip before? Like that was a closing clip of the no, second trailer. It was nothing to do with that. I just felt like she was dropped into, literally dropped into a scene that was already, there was already things going on in that scene that were thematically and we were working with. I, th- I feel like she deserved like, you didn't get a fight scene entrance. She right. got a conversation entrance, which right. I agree is. is did not, you guys is unusual, find it underwhelming? Did you guys find it underwhelming? For me, when it, it, was just, it was just more of along the lines of, like I said, like I wish it was a scene that I hadn't. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that's what that scene is. Like I really yeah, wish yeah, it yeah. had. They hadn't put that. Like there are ten thousand clips they could have shown uh, in the back, you know, act of the film. Her. You, had to, you had to show like that. I feel like I would have dug it more if it. I was, it, you know, I hadn't been airing that clip over or, and over again on my show. Do you think gotcha. Kugler underplayed it a little bit on purpose so that it was just a seamless, a seamless like transition? Like, OK, you know, well, let me ask you this. When you're getting the next Black Panther, you would imagine. I mean, again, I, this is just the way movies have molded my mind to think about these things. But when somebody's being introduced that large, like, like think about Spider-Man's entrance in Civil War. Just just yeah. just just to, just to give me that's like one of the greatest entrances of all time, like uh-huh. like, like into the airport. And I just feel like. I feel like, you know, maybe not dropping her into a fight scene particularly, but I think that moment should have been a little more on I, her. I don't think it's as deflated as you're. I, 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 I don't think it's deflated a, completely. I think it's, it's okay, like a wrong word, wrong yeah, word. Just, but you know, I, I, yeah. I think you're underplaying how it was still a grand entrance like that. Like it was still a symbol of the nation of Wakanda and all these leaders and all these peoples were in this moment of like, yeah, what do we it. do? And she her, she still comes in. She still has a hero landing. They still pan up to, to reveal the yeah. suit and then reveal her face. And then she's there as this like symbol of power for these people right. that are in a tough like it's still a big entrance. It's just not, you know, the Bifrost crushing a bunch of aliens <laughs> and a guy coming in with his new axe. Yeah. Like it's not as, you know, uh, grandiose as that. That's such a. But I would still scene. say it's for the character <laughs> moment that it needed to be. It was still a, a big entrance. For, yeah. for her to come yeah. in. And, that part and of also for me, I think a big part of it was that like, I just kind of assumed it was going to, like I went right. into that movie thinking like, it's going to be Letitia. Like it's, oh, it's, 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 it's
I feel like everyone I know just sort of assumes it's going to be. So for me, it was just sort of like, okay, even even the whole like, you know, first and second act, you know, it's about, you know, there is no more Black Panther. There was a part of me that was like, okay, let's go. Like, well, there was a moment watching it when I actually thought maybe it was going to become Lupita's character. Me Uh, too. Dude, when Lupita shows up. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And I actually think that would have been a great idea, too. Um, but, but I think you can't, de- you can't deny the connection of brother, sister. She had her brother's DNA essentially with, within the suit. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things yeah. where it, it makes sense that they did it that All right. way. I want to get to an element that I thought oh, was go, go incredible, go go um, which is additional vibranium, uh, on the floor of the ocean and mm-hmm. that the, and that the Talakans are using it to essentially fortify themselves. Terrific. Yep. In a movie that's based about like, hey, the only stash of uh, this extremely valuable, you know, mineral or substance is in Wakanda. And is Wakanda going to be able to defend themselves from from getting it? The fact that it was readily available yeah. uh, on the ocean floor was fantastic. I also really do like the idea. I love the idea of Riri Williams being so smart that she built the machine that that tracks it. I just felt there were elements in the Riri Williams storyline that felt like the pacing of them felt odd. Yeah. Um, There's the moment where they like the three of them end up in the garage and the the agents are like approaching the garage. That was a cool one -er, though. Like they were going back and forth with the camera to all. I I actually like that. It was cool. But I I maybe I think I think I felt the way that Jake said he felt where it was like, okay, come on. Uh, Come on. Let's come on. It was, it's a little strange, strange, maybe it's not the right word, but it's, it's so easily could be its own movie where you meet this, this girl who's a genius and she's going to MIT and she, she doesn't know that she accidentally had this. It'd very much be like the first Transformers where like, she didn't know that she had this giant alien thing that she was a part of. And then, oh, wow, this, this, the Wakandans are going to come recruit me. And like, it could be a really badass story we've kind of seen before, but I, I enjoy. Sure. Mm -hmm. Of this kind of genius kid getting picked up and swept into this giant, you know, international conflict. Like it, it could have been that, but it never quite like she just was there and was because there's fun. even a lot of dramatic heft in the Riri Williams story about like her father has been killed. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's referenced. I think it does. There's like a line of it, but like it's something you could have hung in. It, and I hate to just well, they're all, saving I'm, a lot of that for the yeah. show, I'm sure. For Ironheart. Yeah, 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 I'm sure they are. And I, I hate to ask, do that. I hate to be like, oh, give her a Disney Plus show instead, you know, because yeah. I do think she was worthy of the big screen. But it, in this movie, there was already so much going on. Before we get to the tier list, I did want to talk about how great the final fight was between um, yeah, Namor yeah. and uh, Black Panther, which he's right as, as uh, Black Panther. I thought that was great. My only knock against it and maybe Stab. this is a personal thing. No, I saw it in IMAX and I just the the way people intercut IMAX footage with yeah. widescreen footage is just really distracting for me. It's like when you're watching a football game and then they cut to a really cinematic com- Bud Light commercial that's in yeah. widescreen and it's like but it's mid scene cut through. I just find yeah. it so distracting. I I, well, I love I love the IMAX format. But I would just rather the whole movie be in widescreen. Than was it cutting back that. and forth like mid fight? Yeah. So so the all the stuff that was at sea on like the submarine and that fight, yeah. that was all IMAX. And then right. the fight on the beach was widescreen. So Interesting. when they were intercutting between the two, it was like a drastic jump. Yeah. Oh, wow. OK. Um, wow. Again, maybe that's to me. I had the same problem with Eternals. 
I get that you can't shoot everything in IMAX because those cameras are what they are. Yeah. But I was like, I'd just rather you didn't have IMAX than yeah. for me personally. That's why, well, that's why if anybody listening to this, go back and listen to our, our Denis Villeneuve conversation for uh, Dune. Like, in that instance, like, that is just random in a way. When, but, when you, but when you do Dune and you make it a narrative decision yeah. that you're going exactly. to punch to IMAX and, and, you know, even with, like, Nope and stuff like that. Um Wait, what's going on here? Hold on. Music. <laughs> um, Something started playing on my phone. Sorry, Gabe. No, no worries. <laughs> Thank you. Man, ever since you wrote a second book, you've really become an asshole. <laughs> just, uh, no, but, uh, start, I'm going to play music. In this up, with great power, available now. <laughs> that was Sean trying to play uh, us off, Kevin. He was like, all right, these guys are going too long. <laughs> I also just realized, I, I, and forgive me if I was saying it wrong, is it Deny Guerrera or Deny Guerrera? Guerrera. All right, so I've been saying it right then okay good 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 <laughs> Correct. I, to be honest uh, of the four people to give you the right pronunciation sean's the one i would trust the least it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's i just want to i i you know we, we we get off these shows sometimes and like one of the biggest fears i have is mispronouncing someone's name and i always text gabe I'm like gabe please oh, tell it's me fine. i did it right no i know but you know i, I, I want to be respectful because you know there's a lot of different um, names in this film so do we want to do we want to get to our tier list Let's go. Yeah. 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 And Jake, anything you wanted to add in the spoiler no, section? I, I, well, I missed anything. I no. Yeah. I'm. I'm I just, Angela Bassett's death, I thought was. I didn't think she needed to die. Each brother, her yeah. when she her performance and, was incredible. Coogler, yeah. Coogler, so obviously brilliant, so smart. He just let her go and didn't cut yeah. away. And just that one shot of her talking about, "I lost my son. I lost this." So that yelling at Denise character, freak, yeah. dude. That yeah. is a, that. I will say, I love Marvel. But rarely do they give you enough emotional weight for that kind of performance. You know, yeah, like yeah. years that and years amazing. built up like to Tony's death made that emotional for us and all that yeah. stuff. But like. That's why you hire her, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's why she gets hired. That was for the that line. And just a reminder of how good, you know, for, for, you know, an audience, you know, of a generation that may like maybe only knows her from Black Panther, like just a reminder sure. of how much of a freaking legacy actress she really yeah. is. Like, yeah, just, I mean, Angela Bassett is one of the best working today. And go back like, like I, um, and then that is not like a shameless plug for my, inter- my interview with her, but I asked her about that it's line. Full of shame, actually. Yeah. Full of shame. Um, <laughs> the thought process that went into that line. Yeah. On her end. I watched that. Was unbelievable. Like she was talking about it. Like, like what, when she says, have I not given everything? Angela Bassett is saying that through the lens of hundreds of years of history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and like, it, it's not just that moment. Like when I heard her say and explain what was going into that line, the line already is earth shattering to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to be honest with you, I love her as an actor. I think she was, I think that was the line that she was born to deliver as an actor. Like, oh, I, really, I, 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 I really believe like, like, her entire emotional career everything she's done leading up to that have i not given everything like that to me i have never felt that much raw emotion in one line of dialogue that i and i can't remember the last time i felt that and and i you know and again she's obviously given a lot of amazing performances but that line delivery when i heard it in the trailer it shook me up when you hear it in the film it's even more impactful yeah. Um, and that was coming from a real place. I don't even think that was acting. That was just coming from someone for real, I thought. So, cool. Amazing. All right. 
tier list. The tier yes. list we go. C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. This is your first time joining us, and uh, you don't know what this is. This is our tier list, our Marvel tier list that we have built over the course of a couple months here. Uh, you can find on our feeds wherever you found this, us going through the several phases and adding them. Uh, how this works, we're all going to go and give our letter grade on this tier list of where we would put the film, and then we take that average and we place it on this list, and that is why this list looks like a hunk of crap, because it is not one person's <laughs> opinion. It is a, an amalgamation. This is the Rotten Tomatoes. This is a physical of representation of our frustration. And I wow. love it. I love it. I love it because of that. I love it because of that. Um, Every time so, we bring it back up, I look over and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> who, who died on a hill for us to put that there? <laughs> um, Moon Knight and A. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right it is. That's one I just saw. Yeah. Damn right. It is. You guys, you guys don't know. That's um, great. Sean, where would you put it? Actually, actually, I'm going to take a step back quickly. I think Kevin still hasn't seen this. We need to catch up on uh, Werewolf by Night. Okay. Sean, where do you put Werewolf by Night? Werewolf by Night is going in the B category. Okay. Um, I think that it is a fun exercise uh, that does a very good job at what it sets out to do. But I think that its um, scope is just of this is a fun little one off story. Yeah. Uh, and Giacchino had a great time playing around with with practical effects. The black sure. and white is is a great choice. I love um uh who's the main who's the main guy in it? Um oh yes, 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 yes. Uh Bernal? Bernal? Uh Gail, uh yeah, Garcia Bernal. Um yes. terrific performance. Um but I don't think it I don't think it elevates itself to an A. Jake, sure. do you disagree? No, I would also give it a B because like there's there's a ceiling. It's a 52 minute sort of pretty sure. singular location. Very fun uh, tip of the cap to a very specific genre of film. I think it does yeah. everything, everything that it sets out to do. I think it does at the best possible level. But what it sets out to do is a fairly small scale thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think the best it could possibly be is a B. And, mm -hmm. it, and it is that. So I'd say job well done to them. I'm also B for the same reasons. I think I think what it's trying to do, it does extremely well. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no knock against it as a B. It's just hard to you're not. It's hard to compete with Avengers. Sure. Endgame. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're when you're this uh, uh, Kevin, I will implore you to catch up on it. I finally caught up on it recently. I want to see it. The filmmaking Super in it fun. is you can like so legit cool. download it on, on your iPad on Dis Disney Plus and watch it on a plane. Like probably watch the, it like watch it while you're waiting on your plane. It's 52 the, minutes. The, the use of black and white allowing them to use so much blood and mm -hmm. stuff that you wouldn't get in a Marvel film is is really cool. The um the way that he uses obviously like makes it look like that sort of classic monster movie. But he really leans into it in sort of like the compositions and the way he plays with shadows and light. And like using, you know, like some flashing sources and stuff to sort of reveal things in these certain ways. Um, there's this great one shot where it just sort of slowly is pushing down this hallway. Mm. And then the monster in the in the uh, I mean, movie. that's the shot, right? Like that's the you know, if you had. To, yeah. So so as it's happening, there's it's a fight scene and, and it's these like soldiers or whatever, these guards like fighting. But it's slowly pushing. The camera never changes. And as it's pushing in the back behind them is a uh, like a security door slowly lowering at like the same pace as nice. the camera pushes in, but it's all backlit. So you see like on the walls and everything, 
and because it's black and white, it's just like it's very the contrast is, is what he's playing with. It's like this line in the frame of the light coming down cool. as, as his fight scenes happening. Brilliant filmmaking. Chiquino, obviously, we know is a great storyteller from his music alone. Um, and I, I hope we see more from him. But yeah, uh, great. And I think you should definitely yeah. watch it for the filmmaking. Wakanda forever. Sean, what letter grade do you give it? This is tough because I think I would be um, in the A minus B plus range. So because we don't have that, um, I. I'm going to say that it's an A. Because of um, the amount of things that it accomplishes while acknowledging that it has, in my opinion, a couple of things that that hold it back slightly and if it if it went to be i'd understand but i think overall it deserve it deserves the a uh kevin yeah i feel the same way i'm like an a minus territory like i'm giving you know and i think but i but i also again i used that asterisk earlier about you know there's no way of watching this film without understanding and knowing what they had to do with it so you know, yeah. while I do believe that there's, you know, probably 20 minutes that could have been cut out um, some of the some shaving of some of the storylines that were a bit convoluted. Um, I thought it was, you know, it, it it's really is an incredible achievement. What, right. what he did, you know, I mean, I don't I, and I don't know how they did it, you know, and, and thankfully in terms of like getting through it and dealing with it. And remember, one of the key things that I think people are forgetting is, you know, none of the actors knew he was sick. Sure. And so to your, like, wild. to your point, I was talking wild. to, I was talking to Sean, yeah. um, before we were recording and, and I don't mean in the context of us giving like a fully thought out review in a conversation. I more mean this like on Twitter, I was telling him, I was like, just even in that opening scene, yeah, I was like, I immediately was like, I don't have time for anybody that wants to tweet a nitpick. Like, right. this is clearly right. like such a beautiful thing Yeah, of this, these group of artists dealing with the grief of a real world thing that is directly yeah. tied to the story. And then they Parallel are able perfectly. to reflect yeah. it in the story. Like I was like, this is such a, like, I don't really care if you think that the CGI was a little off in one. Like why is that? I, I have no time for that. This is, we should appreciate yeah. it for what it is. It's small problems. Like I said, in the context of a conversation, that's another thing, but well, that's kind of like, why I, I said it's, it's such well, a beautiful why, story. That's why I said asterisk earlier, because normally there are things that, in that are in this film that would bother me more, but it, you, you can't, you're watching it with, with, um, with a different lens. Like you're, you're not sitting down with the lens that you sat down with for the first Black Panther. You're sitting down with the lens of the reality of Chadwick Boseman not right. being here. And so there is a certain level of understanding that goes into some of the decisions they made because, and, and that's not like someone, it's not me being a critic and going, Oh, I'm going to let certain things pass by. It It's just the nature of what this is. I mean, and, and as Gabe said just now, it's like, you know, I, it's kind of brilliant that they were able to parallel the story in real life to the, to the story of the movie and let these actors grieve through the filmmaking. And, and like and I said, I, more than just the amazing. actors, like the set design, costume design, like, yeah. I feel like I feel like everyone who was able to creatively influence the film was yeah. given some sort of space within their craft to yeah. to, to feel that in there. Like, yeah. I, I thought that was a beautiful thing. Jake, this film, it, tra it kind of transcends movies in a weird in, in, in a way, kind of like the first film does. It did I, it, this yeah. is a 
this is this is a really powerful thing. And I think people are not really ready for how emotional this is going to be for a lot of people, especially that opening scene. And I think 210 million, baby. (laughs) Uh, Jake, do you I assume you're at least an A because I think you. Yeah, this is this is a solid a for me um yeah every every individual aspect of this film is firing on all cylinders it's it's every single you know whether it's above or below the line uh is working at the top of their game whether it's you know the the actors and the direction that you see on and i honestly even think you know i know i had a lot of issues with a lot of the special effects work in the original black panther but i think a lot of the special effects work here is among uh some of marvel's best and some of the the imagery um is among marvel's best and i think you know khan was so sick yes i just i just think that like this movie is a quintessential a marvel film yeah let's shout out ruth carter too because oh my god um i think she did she win the oscar for the first movie yes she did Um, yes so wait so the only two oscars for the first movie ludwig and ruth carter i believe so okay i mean not only it's really awesome for a moment to have two oscars that's amazing um but Ruth Carter um, did obviously the costumes for the first film did the costumes for this one. Um, you know, one of the things about the Black Panther films that you really, really understand is, is how brilliant and beautiful the costume designs are. Like when you're, you're just sitting in a scene in, in a, you know, in Wakanda and just all the, I mentioned the Royal Sandals earlier, little oh, yeah, things yeah. like, like mm-hmm. it's so uh, um, real. Excuse me. Sorry. Tangible. Production, their production design, Hannah uh, Beachler and Jay Hart also won the Oscar. Oh, beautiful. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Do we okay. think okay. that, um, because I know no actor has ever been uh, nominated for a Marvel film. Do we think Bassett Angela will. Bassett has a shot? Yeah. I think it depends on how this first weekend goes. I think if people, if audiences pick up on that and I think if, and if audiences are loud enough about how great that is, then, yeah. then yes. But I think also, it's the sort of thing where the Academy could very easily, like if there's not a lot of discussion around it, it could get and, overlooked. And, you know, you know, we also have to get, you know, actress and supporting actress are both very stacked this year. Right. Because you've got, you've got two films, like she said, and women talking that yeah. are likely each themselves going to feature multiple women and yeah. multiple she actors in supporting actress category. Lead wouldn't Kazan and um, Mulligan be leading? Samantha Morton is getting a lot of buzz out of that movie, though, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen yeah. it, but I understand she her is, performance is pretty strong. I don't know if there's an embargo, and I've seen it, but yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. I'll just put a big bleep over that. Yeah. Wait, so is Samantha Morton the same actress who did the original voice in her and then got replaced by? Yes. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. That I always think of her. Always. Wasn't wasn't she the precog in Minority Report? Yes. yes, she yes. Was. That's, that's, yeah. that's who I think of. Yes. I oh, my and she's God. She's the mom an in um, Jim Sheridan's In America, which I yes. thought was a terrific film. She yes, yes, is yes, yes, yes. amazingly underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. She's one what of those actor. actors that every yeah. time she shows up, you're like, oh, this is going to get better. Damn, the precog. Unlike Mark Rylance. I forgot of oh, God. The opposite What's of Mark deal with Mark Rylance? Mark Rylance is terrible. You're terrible. Mark is fantastic. You know Disagrees with you? Thing over and over again. Everybody. Steven Spielberg does. He uses them all the time. Stallone's on your side, though. Stallone doesn't like him. Well, no. Oh. Rylance beat yeah. Stallone for the Oscar. Uh, oh, <laughs> for well, Creed. That's yeah. funny. All right. Uh, so yeah. Let's, anyway, yeah. Black Panther. We're we'll leaving list. spoilers. No more spoilers and for the, the rest. And of the next the show. time that we talk about a Marvel tier list will be for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, baby. So uh, get excited for a C trailer, movie. Uh, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Dude, the trailer kind of 
looks like a C. Yeah, can direction. we go ahead and put it in the in the, in the C category now? <laughs> Speaking right of pre cogs, I'm gonna go ahead and plan <laughs> out the rest forget. of Marvel's sleep. Kev is the biggest Ant Man oh, fan. That's why I joke uh, on the show. So he's gonna and listen, Jonathan Majors, it's in my opinion right now, can do no wrong. Oh, All right. Yeah. Let's get to this week's blend game, which is brought to you by AMC Theaters on Demand, where you can buy and rent your favorite movies uh, from major franchises to cult classics, such as the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is why we are playing this week. Hashtag Marvel Duo Blend. So I want you guys to check the description uh, for links and more information on AMC on Demand, and you can learn how AMC Stubbs members can get some added benefits. So a big thank you to AMC for uh, supporting the show the way that they do. Uh, let's get right to hashtag Marvel Duo Blends. And uh, Jakey, kick us off. Who'd you go with? Mine is and so why? cliche. Um, and, I, and I really did try to find a more unconventional pairing to try to like have a fresh perspective or a fresh take. But I couldn't pick anyone other than than Cap and Bucky. Okay. Um, if only Same. because Kevin. Okay. Well, well, we can do this together. But basically, like you guys are like the uh, real Cap, one, Cap and, Bucky and Bucky of the show. You know. <laughs> yeah. You guys can decide who's who. I don't know. Yeah. I would say which one of us is what. And, and Kevin, you're I, the you have you have one arm, and I'm just, just really old and don't want to be, want to be left alone. I, I, I don't leave, want to be responsible for killing Iron Man's parents. Uh, I leave that I'll, decision I'll, to uh, <laughs> Donovan. However, he wants to Photoshop yeah. you guys into that. <laughs> I mean, basically, the reason I chose them is because so many of the pairings that I thought of yielded the adjective fun like oh they're really fun to watch together and man like there there are some fun jokes and it's, it's fun to watch those on the on the big screen together i think of like thor and hulk and stuff like that um but cap and bucky add just this level of weight and emotion and mm. that that is just this center core of what made Civil War and 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 Winter Soldier and and even into like the Infinity War and the Endgame that made those films feel so weighted and I think that friendship is is if anything what saved Falcon and Winter Soldier because that that weight of your remembrance of their relationship I I just think that like that that friendship from the very beginning of when when these films were still owned by paramount which is a crazy thing kevin remember when we used to do paramount junkets for marvel films oh, yeah. which like blows oh, my yeah. mind um they make each other better throughout the entirety of of the infinity saga um and they make their their story strengthens the stories of other avengers like like iron man like like tony stark's one of tony stark's robert downey jr's best moments and best performances comes as a result of the relationship between Cap and, and Bucky. Like that moment when when Iron Man realizes, when Tony realizes what happened to his parents. Like that that whole sequence is is a top three Marvel moment. Um, and yeah. it's because of them. So as much as I wanted to try to find an unconventional fun pairing, I kept dr being drawn back to the weight and the heart and the the significance of those two and that friendship mm -hmm. and what that friendship meant to the entirety of the, the Infinity Saga from first Avenger all the way to Endgame. Yeah, I mean, so it's funny because Winter Soldier, uh, so Captain America Winter Soldier is still my favorite MCU film um, next to Infinity War. But what, what was brilliant about Winter Soldier was we obviously had already known the relationship between Bucky and, and, and Cap from Captain America from the first Avenger. Um, what I loved about Winter Soldier was that push-pull of Cap trying to understand why his friend would be doing what he's doing, but at the same time, understanding that there's a real threat to the world and to what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, and to me, what made those 
scene so brilliant is that you knew in Cap's heart that he was going to try, hopefully, to bring him back over to the light. You know what I mean? And, and um, once you understand fully what's happening with him and why he is the way he is, and Jake brings up, um, you know, that moment when we see the car crash, is that in Civil War? Or is, yeah. And, yeah, you know, War. we we learned yeah. that Bucky was, in, was, you know, was responsible for Iron Man's death. And the, obviously, Jake brings up a great point about how that implements later on. Death. This, what, what did parents I say? Death. You said Iron Man's death. Iron Man's parents' death. Is, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I apologize. Um, so, and then obviously that fight is incredible. Um, at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm with Jake because I, I, to me, that's the most emotionally grounded aspect for me in, in the MCU up until that point. And I loved those two characters initially. I loved that they were were torn apart and then brought back together. Um, I think that uh, Sebastian Stan's uh, and Chris Evans both bring such a beautifully grounded element to these super insanely uh, unrealistic worlds. I mean, like, in the, I mean, at the end of the day, what makes Marvel so great is that we know that we're watching is the impossible. But at the same time, they make the impossible real in our minds because of the grounded nature. That's why, you know, we're talking about Angela Bassett in Black Panther or Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. When you bring in these caliber actors mm. to bring these characters to life, you're giving them a reality that is, you know, going through the emotions of a character who killed his his best friend's parents. Or I'm sorry, who killed his best friend's partner's parents. Mm. Um, I had that right, right? Um, mm -hmm. And like, and to be able to kind of like navigate that. Do I have that right? I think I have mm -hmm. that right. Okay. Are you able to uh, navigate that? That's good. I don't. I can't navigate. It. I've been talking for the past twelve hours. So I'm sorry. Uh, no, but in, in all honesty, I, 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 that's my favorite duo. When I think about it, um, and it's, it's amazing. All right. Um, I went in a different direction. Uh, and and if it, if we only had Spider-Man: Homecoming, I would have chose Peter and Ned because I thought that their relationship in Homecoming was terrific. And then Ned just went off the board. Um, so I went with uh, Thor and Loki, who I mm, think have been a fascinating duo from the time that they've been introduced uh, and have been allowed to go through so many different evolutions. Um, but where it starts uh, with Imbrana's film is uh, a son who is uh, in line to take over the, the throne and isn't worthy of it and and the adopted son who is never going to get a shot. Uh, and I uh, that dynamic is terrific. And I was never a big Thor fan. You know, uh, I didn't read Thor comics growing up. I still, even though I have the Marvel Unlimited series, I try to dip into Thor every once in a while. And depends on who's writing him. Sometimes he's really interesting. And sometimes it's just super dry with the mythology of, of Asgard and all that jazz. Um, but Hiddleston and Hemsworth are so perfectly cast and are able to play such different versions of those characters depending on what the story needs like loki was so good in thor that they made him the main villain of avengers you know because hiddleston was just knocking it out of the park and the dynamic between thor and loki like there's a, a, a point a point in avengers in the first avengers movie where thor says to him look around at what you're doing like what what do you think you're gonna rule when this is finished you're you're destroying everything and he's just he's the mess up brother who can't get anything right and then the way that that transitions into Thor, the dark world and the way that it then pivots into Ragnarok, where they're almost teammates, 
uh, and, you know, and have to figure out how to way to work together. And then Thor embraces him as his brother. Uh, all those elements are, are played so well because these two actors are so spectacular. Yep. Um, then you get to the, the death of Loki in infinity war um, and it's heartbreaking. Like it's a, it's a devastating death. Now Marvel undercuts it by bringing him back uh, for his television series. And now we're getting into the multiverse. We're going to a million different directions, but I think that those characters have been allowed to, to, to evolve and play in different ways, depending on um, which filmmaker is taking over them and what the story demands. And I know that there are people who have some problems with directions where Thor went to. Um, I was okay with those. I thought in character, it, it worked um, just fine. But anytime you sort of paired up Thor and Loki together, uh, I was uh, surprised at how much I loved them and their interplay. Uh, again, stating that That's I wasn't huge fans of those characters going up. It is a great um, pick. I think those actors are great. So, um, that's who I went with. Uh, the audience for Marvel Duo Blend. And we had so many people who responded to this one. So we really one. appreciate What's you guys that, that you... chipping out. Well, I'll start there. LT Snyder said, uh, I know it's a trio and not a duo, but I don't care. Spider-Man and Spider-Man and Spider-Man for the win. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not the rules. Yeah. It's not a duo. It's a trio. Save that one for Marvel Trio Blend. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to keep going. But I do kind of love that, though. What are your favorite uh, six Paulo. characters to put together? <laughs> they do that quite uh, often. Dino Paulo says Drax and Mantis, which is a very good choice. Uh, yeah. Sh- uh, Chalice, Chalice, Chalice says Cap and Bucky. Uh, Ariel Pace went with Natasha and Yelena. Very touching. Uh, Wendy says Yelena and Kate Bishop. Okay, I want to see a little bit more of that before I see uh, where they go. Philip Addison says Korg and Meek. Killer. Killer. Good choice. Uh, Christina went with Thor and Loki. Drew Jackson, Lily, and several others went with Rocket and Groot. Again, another yeah, really, that's really a great one. selection. So that's really strong. Uh, thank you, everybody, too, uh, for participating in Hashtag Marvel Duo Blend. And once again, thank you to our sponsors for this segment, uh, AMC Theaters, and pointing you directly to their AMC Theaters uh, on demand, where you can rent all of the Marvel movies that contain these duos. All right, so for next week, um, on behalf of She Said... You can reach out playing uh, hashtag Carrie Mulligan blend hashtag mm. Carrie Mulligan blend. Good one. Play on social media or let us know your pick via email at realblend at cinema Let me ask you this, Sean, to- by next week, Kevin and I will have seen. She said, will you have seen she said by next week. So my, my screening in the, <laughs> in the market here uh, is the Tuesday that we're going to be at Glass Onion. So I, I fear I'm going to have to miss it. I saw I it this week and I just looked online. Rotten Tomatoes already has reviews up. It is incredible. Really? You hear that, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes? Add that to your score list. Yeah. No, no. I, I meant like, because I was trying to figure out if there was an embargo, but it is yeah, no, you're incredible. Right. Well, like, oh, you know what? You know, Okay, so here's the thing. They did say that there's an LA screening of it on Tuesday. I guess if I found out what time it was, because my flight out on Tuesday is late. I know everybody listening to this really cares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's super yeah, compelling. It's, here's where we start breaking down our schedule. Now. <laughs> uh, but I guess there's a possibility that I will have been able to see she said so maybe we can see if it factors in but um i think i have my choice and it isn't that unless i see it and it's great all right our next premium episode drops on monday <laughs> again well, maybe it is but maybe it is who knows we'll find Dude, out wait, uh, it, it might end up being you never know her all performance right. is unbelievable in that movie all right so uh check the description if you want to find out how to sign up for the for the premium episodes follow us on social media at jake's takes at kevin mccarthy tv at sean underscore o'connell at gabe kovach and the show is at Real Blend. Um, until next week, 
where we're back together and reviewing the hottest new movies reaching uh, are your local movie theaters from Hollywood? Is that our new slogan? <laughs> <Hockey pass. laughs> what the hell was that? I really from Jesus. Wow. Uh, let's see who T um, two. <laughs> 